Are you tired of your valuable ideas and suggestions getting lost in the shuffle? Well, that is why I'm introducing Direct Suggest, the revolutionary digital suggestion box that puts your voice front and center. With Direct Suggest, you have the power to make a difference in your organization. Direct Suggest provides value to organizations in various industries worldwide, including notable brands like Comcast, TD Bank, and Nokia. And here's the best part. Direct Suggest only costs 50 cents per employee per month, making it an affordable solution for businesses of all sizes. Plus, they have an incredibly high ROI and savings potential with an average 33 times return on investment. The implementation process is also a breeze. Once committed, setting up Direct Suggest from start to finish can be completed in as quickly as a week or less. Don't let your ideas or your team's ideas go unnoticed. Visit directsuggest.com today and start by making a difference with Direct Suggest. Use the promo code HUMANHR for your extended 60-day free trial. Again, visit directsuggest.com to learn more and remember to use promo code HUMANHR for an extended free trial. Direct Suggest, where your voice matters. Welcome to the Bringing the Human Back to Human Resources podcast. I'm Tracy Chernoff, and I've spent my entire professional career in HR. Each week, we'll explore the delicate balance between people and business with the aim to reconnect the two and create meaningful outcomes. Listen in as I share my own experiences, challenge the status quo, and chat with guests from various industries about our mission to bring the human back to human resources. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Bringing the Human Back to Human Resources podcast. Thank you so much for being here for another week. Um, I am audio only for this episode because I'm in the middle of moving and I promise you, you do not want to see my background. So um, please bear with me over the next few weeks. I might, I will probably be um, audio only for any episodes that are solo, like just me without a guest, just because it's a, it's a, crazy chaotic times. So it's a little bit easier not to worry about my background and what things are looking like, so to speak. So before I jump into this week's episode, please make sure that you are subscribed to my newsletter, which comes out weekly. You can subscribe to it at hrtracy.com and be sure to follow me on all of the social media accounts, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. Um, I don't have Twitter or TikTok, so almost all of the social media accounts. And my, uh, Handle is HR Tracy for all of them, so you can connect with me on any platform that feels best for you. And so many of you connect with me on Instagram and LinkedIn. That's usually where I get the most, um, you know, I guess like messages, let's say, from those of you. So it's really nice to have that connection outside of the podcast where it's really kind of just like one way and me speaking at you. Um, so, anyway, moving on. This week's episode is about contractors and the potential for misclassification. I don't think that I've spoken about this before um, in terms of like what contractors are compared to employees and the risk of misclassification. So we're going to dive into that this week. Um, before we kind of jump into misclassification, I think it's really important to first understand the differences between contractors and employees. So there are some key differences. The first is when we think about an independent contractor, sometimes they're called freelancers or consultants. Um, these are ultimately self-employed people who provide services, resources, products, um, et cetera, to other companies or organizations. They are managing their own taxes, their own benefits. They are paid via invoice, typically. They have their own equipment. They're responsible for their own upskilling and development and coaching and training. 
So let's jump into the misclassification side of this conversation. As an HR professional, it is really important that we are clear on not only the differences between contractors and employees, but also where we can understand or what we can do as far as understanding what we can do to mitigate any risk of misclassification. So I found a really great um, resource from the IRS, actually, which is the IRS 20 factor test. And it helps companies to determine whether someone is an independent contractor or an employee. And there are 20 factors. So bear with me as we go through all 20 of them. Um, The first is level of instruction. If the company directs when, where, and how the work is done, this control indicates a possible employment relationship. Why is that? That is because employees are fully uh, reliant on the direction of a company, right? Whereas a contractor, and this you know, this is not like a hard and fast thing. Like there can, there is gray area in, in all of this. So just, you know, take a little bit of it with a grain of salt. Like don't freak out if you have contractors that are directed. Um, it's, it's, you know, partner with your attorneys and your counsel to make sure that you are not misclassifying. But I just want to share that, you know, there, these are um, things that the IRS, for example, could evaluate if there was any concern raised about misclassification. So um, level of instruction, again, for a contractor, you know, they are tasked with something and then they determine how they work on it. Now, of course, there is that gray area where someone might be contracted to work or cover like a maternity leave or do something that is not as much project based, but more so, you know, they're working on something consistently. It's there is still a bit of gray area there, but misclassification can be really common or is really common. So it's not as gray as you'd think it is. Um, amount of training, requesting workers to undergo company provided training suggests an employment relationship. With the exception, of course, I want to remind everyone that certain states do require contractors to go through um, legally required training. Degree of business integration, workers whose services are integrated into business operations or significantly affect business success. Extent of personal services, companies that insist on a particular person perform, performing the work um, assert a degree of control that suggests an employment relationship. Con- in contrast, independent contractors typically are free to assign work to anyone. Um, also, gray area there. Control of assistance continuity of relationship. I won't go through all of these because I think we understand that there is gray area and you should connect with um, an, an, an attorney to make sure that you are clear and in the green. Um, flexibility of schedule, demands for full-time work. So full-time work gives a company control over most of a person's time, which supports a finding of an employment relationship. So contractors typically are again, you know, we'll we'll see them working on an hourly or project related basis, but there are moments where contractors are working on a full time basis. So again, gray area here. Um, need for on site services, sequence of work, meaning if a company requires work to be for, performed in a specific order or sequence. Um, requirements for reports, method of payment, hourly, weekly, or monthly pay schedules are characteristic of employment relationships unless the payments are a convenient or simply a convenient way of distributing a lump sum fee. Um, So this comes back to what I had initially said about, you know, payroll schedules versus a contractor who's paid by invoice. 
Um, payment of business or travel expenses, again, that is a benefit, right? That's a perk. Um, that is a, a one way to really clearly distinguish the difference between contractors and employees. Provision of tools and materials, so in this case, equipment. Investment in facilities. Independent contractors typically invest in and maintain their own facilities. Employees typically rely on their employer, you know, in the case, for example, for an office and things like that. Um, realization of profit or loss, workers who receive predetermined earnings who have and have little chance to realize significant profit or loss um, through their work generally are employees. That, I think, is usually pretty clear between employees and contractors. Um, if someone works for multiple companies, people who simultaneously provide services for several unrelated companies are likely to qualify as independent contractors. This, again, comes back to the ability to work for multiple organizations. If your company is remote or hybrid, then you know just how difficult it can be to grow your company's culture beyond a pre-scheduled Zoom happy hour or occasional lunch and learn. Well, this week's sponsor is here to solve that. They're called CultureBot. CultureBot has devised what will likely become the gold standard for growing and blossoming a company culture inside of Slack. The app is like a sidekick for any HR or people professional, automating a lot of the mundane tasks you probably are forgetting to do on a daily basis. Things like birthday and work anniversary celebrations, team shout outs and kudos, employee introductions, and remote games. It even has health and wellness tips and conversation starters. If that piques your interest, this will get you even more excited. Today, I'm able to share a special promotion for listeners of the podcast. You can get your first six months of CultureBot for 50% off. Plus, if your team is under 25 employees, CultureBot is free forever. So if you're looking for a way to create a culture of appreciation and drive increased engagement and togetherness across your team, I definitely recommend checking out CultureBot. Go to getculturebot.com slash humanhr. That's getculturebot.com slash humanhr to get the offer. Plus, I've added the link in the show notes, so you can just click right there. Now, let's get back to the podcast. Um, availability to public. So um, regularly making services available to the general public, for example, is typically in support, is someone that would be an independent contractor. Control over discharge or termination. A company's right to discharge a worker suggests an employment relationship in contrast, a company's ability to terminate independent contractor relationships generally depends on contract terms, which is so true. If you work with an agency, sometimes um, in order to terminate someone, you do have to provide a certain amount of notice. Um, it depends on the terms of the contract and the conditions within that contract. So really important to um, follow all of that if you are working with contractors today. And then finally, right of termination. Most employees unilaterally can terminate their work for a company without liability, whereas independent contractors cannot terminate services without liability except as allowed under their contracts. So hopefully this 20-factor test can help all of you to better understand the differences and avoid misclassification because misclassification is super common, again. And, you know, there are moments where companies... Um, do kind of operate too much in a gray area. And it's important that there is clarity um, and guidance around the difference between a contract uh, relationship and an employment relationship. So to further expand on this, the IRS goes on to share that because the FLSA only applies to employer-employee relationships, independent contractors are not covered. So the FLSA is what determines wage um, minimums, right, and benefit requirements and who can be salary versus hourly um, and all of those things. I'm not going to go through everything, but 
um, all of those coverages are only applicable to employees. So it is also important that when you are hiring, whether you're hiring a contractor or an employee, that you are clear on FLSA standards for employees and that contractors do not abide by this or are not covered by the FLSA. So being clear on all of this guidance and all of the government regulation is super important. And again, I can only stress this enough, having a good attorney to work with is really, really important. Um, Employment law attorneys are very helpful when it comes to um, being able to navigate these differences and what companies are required or, you know, responsible for when it comes to these, you know, relationships. The IRS considers a worker to be an employee if a company has the right to control not only what work will be done, but also how the worker will do that work. Um, If someone is treated as an independent contractor, but the IRS decides that there's sufficient control from an organization over the worker to create an employment relationship, the IRS can hit the organization with a very costly bill for employment taxes um, that should have been paid, uh, you know, withheld and paid. So this is kind of the outcome of misclassification. If someone is misclassified as an independent contractor, that means the business has not been withholding um, taxes, employment taxes specifically, for that individual And the last person anybody needs a problem with is probably the IRS. Um, And so it is so, I know I keep reiterating this, but it is so critical to understand and make sure that people are classified correctly. Um, In order to really make sure that you are in the clear, I would highly recommend that you use this 20-factor, I think it's a 20-factor common law test, I think that's technically what it's called, um, to ultimately measure the level of control. Um, These are all reflected again on the IRS. I'll make sure that I link this resource in the show notes. Um, And the other thing that I'll say is that there are companies, there are agencies out there, not only agencies, but major companies that make employing contractors much easier. And so for U.S. companies, for example, that maybe have a need for someone outside of the U.S., they can employ a contractor in another country and kind of offset all of their responsibilities and you know the requirements that maybe those companies do not have a clear handle on to those companies and agencies that help to support the contractor relationship. But there's, of course, a fee, and the company still has the liability and the requirement and the requirements to make sure that they with internally are following the appropriate processes. You know, for example, in like super large, really structured companies, you won't find contractors in any all hands meetings or, um, you know, meetings that discuss like the business um, at length because of the access to information and the control over that information. And, And of course, you know, thinking about some of these factors, we can understand that this is a one way to be very clear about the difference in the relationship. And I know from speaking with HR people in the past that sometimes there's this feeling of, well, I kind of feel bad. They're doing all this amazing work and I want to be able to give them a gift card for their birthday or I want to be able to do X, Y, and Z. My best advice to you is to not feel bad and just don't do it because 
when you blur that line between contractor and employee, you raise the risk for your company of potentially misclassifying that contractor. So it's, I would just say, best advice, work with an employment law attorney and make sure that you are not blurring the line where it's unclear whether they're a contractor or an employee because you're going to create so many challenges, not only for you, but also for your organization. So this obviously was a super high level kind of like introduction almost to contractors and misclassification or potential misclassification. If this episode was interesting to you and you want to hear more, we've heard from Carly Wanos already. She's our uh, resident employment law attorney at this point on the podcast. I could always have her come back and we can dive into this a bit more. Um, so just let me know if you listen to this podcast on Spotify, there will be a poll up. Um, so you can vote if you'd like to hear more of this. Otherwise, email me at contact.hrtracy.com um, or write to me on Instagram or LinkedIn and let me know if you want to dive into this a little bit more deeply so we can have an even deeper understanding of the difference between contractors and employees. Thank you so much for listening to the episode this week. I hope you have a fabulous week ahead. Wish me luck as I move back to New York because moves are always a nightmare. Um, and we will chat soon. Have a great week. Hey, just before you go, don't forget to subscribe to the show so that you are the first to hear when an episode drops each week. And maybe leave a five-star review and a comment about how much you loved this episode. Plus, if you have someone in mind who would really enjoy this episode, make sure you share it with them. Thank you so much for tuning in and I'll see you next week.